0: Let's make sure history never forgets the
1: name. Sci-Fi mallard. Got out. So, Rage, I hear you have a birthday this month. Yeah, how'd you find that out? Yeah, Scott told me. Ah, uh, well, I guess
0: he was being nice.
1: Yeah, so, uh, thought about what you wanted?
0: Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of weird. Mm,
1: really? Do tell.
0: Well, it's, uh, you know, watching these monster movies, I'm thinking I want to get in a costume and go trash somebody's really nicely built model city, and heck, maybe even get someone else to
1: get in a suit, and I'll fight him. Okay, well, um, you know, I don't think I can help you with that, but uh, how about we uh, give you the second best thing? All right, sure, I'll try for that. Sci-fi malady, symptom number 241. War of the Gargantuas. Wow. Welcome
0: back, sickies, to continuing in Monster Mayhem and Wow is Right. I mean, this... I think this might actually be our best movie this month. I don't know. What do you think, Ethan? Certainly the
1: best-looking one. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this one is a really, um... It's a lesser-known Toho monster flick. I can't even say if it's part of the, I guess you would say, Godzilla cinematic universe. I, I think this is his own thing. Um, but nonetheless, I'm here joined here again with Ethan, and we're going to go over one of personally my favorite monster film kaiju films ever. War of the Gargantuans, a 1966 film by Tojo. And the plot, I guess I'll just dive on in so we could get into the fun facts and get into the good stuff, because, you know, Ethan, you you texted me while you were watching this that we have to call our Frankenstein expert. Yeah. And, you know, in fact, let me sickies. Let me pull up the exact quote here, because it's worth mentioning. Uh, Oh, boy. You know what caliber of sci-fi you're going to get anytime someone picks up the phone and asks to speak with the Frankenstein expert.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was definitely feeling that in that moment. Um, but yeah, we can get into it more as <laughs> we pull out our rips and picks. But yeah, there was definitely a very strong reaction in the first 10 minutes of the film.
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing, you know, let me let me st- take a step back. Um, the first actual... I guess you could say fun fact and plot is going to go to the fact that this is actually a sequel to a film uh, some of its some of them are called Frankenstein versus Baragon. others are Frankenstein versus the world or conquers the world excuse me and when I the first time I heard of this film War of the Gargantuans it was off a of Cinemassacre's monster madness and I saw that I said I got to see this movie so I went and I borrowed the movie from the library Saw it and then said, whoa, this is a part two? Well, I got to watch the first one. So I borrowed that movie. Frankenstein Conquers the World. At the end of World War II, the Germans, who are losing, send Frankenstein's still beating heart to the Japanese. I don't know why. They just did. <laughs> and the Japanese event just kind of stash it away, I guess, because you know, they got bigger fish to fry and then the war ends. And eventually some scientists pick it up. And they make a Frankenstein's monster. And monster it is. It gets bigger, bigger, bigger. And oh boy, does this monster look bad, by the way. It looks like a psychotic Neanderthal that keeps needing to eat. Whenever he gets hungry, he just points at his mouth. And he gets bigger, bigger, bigger. And eventually, uh, they have to... like This monster shows up in Mount Fuji named Baragon that's trying to... Uh, kill everything and frankenstein's been raised by man so he's a good guy and so he heads out to fight baragon wins but somehow i forget exactly how but they baragon and frankenstein die in the process he's killed and then war of the gargantuan picks up where as just as a prequel a uh different scientist by the name of oh boy uh russ tamblin was the name of the character or the actor dr paul stewart dr paul stewart thank you (laughs) he uh he takes some cells from the first frankenstein makes a new one and then he and his assistant uh what is it kimiko kimiko uh uh, a a akimi yeah they make this monster and uh but they treat him nice and he's a good guy and he only helps people but then he gets too big for their britches and he runs off to live in the mountains apparently though one of his cells or a piece of him gets stuck near us the coast and washes into the sea which grows and evolves into a green version of the frankenstein monster <laughs> And that's where the movie picks up you. There's an ocean liner and it gets attacked by a giant octopus. Why? (laughs) Because, because (laughs) the octopus is then uh, attacked by, well, I'm going to bury the lead here. The two monsters are later named by, um, they're Sonda and Gyra. And, um, I think Gyra was the, the, the good one, right? yeah sonda's the bad one sonda right. the green one is the sea one the water one and he busts he destroys this ship which is fun because when you look at it you could tell the actors in a hot in a bathtub pushing this toy <laughs> boat into the ground but it won't go he's trying yeah. to sink it but it won't go but you yeah. just get this vibe like i don't know if you ever saw peewee's big adventure oh yeah Remember that big bathtub scene where Francis is playing with all his boats? Yes, it looked
1: exactly like it reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, I also had the same sense of like when a person is trying to get up on a float, you know, in the pool, yeah. but they can't quite make <laughs> right. it. Ha- they can't get position. Yeah, that's that's the impression I had going there.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, the, the boat sinks, and then uh, some of the sailors manage to get away. They or they try they only got to swim like 100 yards but uh sonda eats them except for one of them one of them gets away and then um what winds up happening is um they you know he goes and he's he's going sonda's going on he's attacking cities he's attacking tokyo and eventually they managed to use a, um, what is it? The mares laser, is it called? It's an electrical laser called the um, Maser. A, yeah, the it's Maser. a big, big
1: honking laser.
0: Yeah, that shoots, it looks <laughs> like A couple of them, actually. Yeah. yeah. Now, they show those in other Godzilla films, but they, they do. never work. They, they never do. work. Yeah. This is the only movie where it worked. Mm-hmm. And so, Sonda runs, runs away and gets rescued by his brother? gyra yeah. The problem is, uh, by this point, the doc and his assistant are in the mountains, looking around, f- and you know the girl, of course, falls off a cliff and is rescued by gyra but he breaks his leg in the process. He comes out of nowhere and rescues her from a falling from a falling off a cliff, and he heads back to Sonda and sees that Sonda ate people. Mm -hmm. And that was no bueno, because then he literally picks up a tree, rips it off the mountain, and beats him with it. They get into a big fight. Sonda runs away, goes to Tokyo. Gaira follows him. It's a monster bash in Tokyo, throwing each other through buildings, picking up boats and smashing them on each other. And eventually they make because they're getting shot by the maser they go out into the sea where they just start getting bombed until a volcano shows up and kills them both <laughs> and volcano blows up killing
1: them both. It is just balls to the wall I, I just I just want to say if, listener, if you think we're just pulling random stuff together and just jamming it into this movie that's the movie
0: <laughs> i just described it there's nothing more to do than that i mean if you want to we can't
1: make this stuff up
0: no and if i could i'd be a genius <laughs> but uh and but so literally
1: yeah there's a massive volcano in the middle of uh, tokyo bay
0: and i guess it goes off because they're bombing the
1: monsters and the volcano just did you? Is that the impression you got? Because I, I thought it was just it was time, and you know here, we're gonna have a volcano now.
0: I, you know, I don't know. I was trying to justify because I'm like, okay, they're dropping bombs, and then a volcano just shows up. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, like, is there a reason for any of this? But anyway, so on to the fun facts. Um, during the, let's talk about the cast. Yeah. Actually, let's talk about some influence. According to Brad Pitt, this was his first movie ever he ever saw. And according to Nick Cage and Quentin Tarantino, this is one of their favorite films that got them started. <laughs> so right away, if you're a Tarantino fan, thank this movie. Yeah. Um, but about the cast, Russ Tamblin, the guy who played Dr. Um, Dr. Paul Stewart. Yeah, Dr. Stewart. This is a this is a guy with some pedigree. He is. He honestly is. Uh, but apparently his dubbing was lost. Really? And okay. he, they lost his dubbing, and he had to redo it. So if some of his lines sound flat and boring, that's why. <laughs> and apparently the translators didn't pick up on it, so that's what we get and in fact he hated playing in this role he thought it was horrible <laughs> he changed the script sometimes duh, improv lines his
1: interpreters were just going nuts ripping their hair out having to deal with him i do um, remember yeah i read something about uh because this is a this is directed by ishiro honda right right it and is. He did a lot of the godzilla films prior but mm-hmm. he I, I read something that he hated working with this american actor
0: <laughs> yes And now, allegedly, later on, Tamlin admitted that he warmed up to the movie. But on set, he was a nightmare. Uh, He was a, uh, in fact, um, American producer Henry G. Saperstein said that Tamlin was a prima donna pain in the, you know, Mm. followed, you know where we're going. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the. But on the good side, let's get to um, a good part of the cast. Uh, Haruo, uh, Haruo Nakajima the man who was in the um, Gaira costume I'm sorry Gaira's the evil gargantuan excuse me mm, okay. but he, uh, he played Godzilla f- 11 out of the original 15 times and he said this was his favorite character to play because the costume gave him flexibility he could run for one mm-hmm. and his eyes were visible to the mask so he could try to emote better so yeah,
1: and that that definitely came through on camera.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, also for cast the singer, the banana wearing singer, and who uh, gets stuck in my throat. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kip was, Hamilton, Kip Hamilton, Sister Love, Carol Burnett. <laughs> yeah. So good job, Kip. You so got there's, eaten. There's
1: your top billing there.
0: There, here you go. Um. The volcano at the end that kills Sanda and Gaira was supposed to also level Tokyo to destroy the remaining cells that they keep mentioning throughout. What about all the cells of wherever they step? Uh, I guess they just never really addressed that issue. I guess not. And I guess they just decided not to go for resurrection of the Gargantuas, which probably was a good idea. Hmm. The octopus in question, which, Ethan, you properly asked why (laughs) yeah uh that was supposed to be used in a alternate ending for the first film uh frankenstein conquers the world which he doesn't even conquer the world so i don't know why they called it that but for some reason that octopus was supposed to be in that movie never did and they were like well we paid for this gull darn it we're using it (laughs) and they just decided well here's a good spot i i guess so there you go um the maser cannons uh stands for microwave amplification by stimulated emission of radiation (laughs) you know there you go um let's see um oh yeah by the way about kip hamilton Mm -hmm. this was her last film
1: so yeah, I saw we lost her. Uh, I read, I believe, to breast cancer in the early '80s. So yep, you know, so gone parent- too soon.
0: Yep, but she never got anywhere after 1966. Too bad. So I guess the I guess her career got stuck in her. Throat well, except
1: too. she she did marry a nice Hollywood lawyer. So I'm sure she 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 enjoyed uh, the last <laughs> decade or so out of the uh, out from in front of the camera. Sure, sure. Now, why go into acting when you get? just live off the fat <laughs> of that
0: land so yeah. yeah the last fun fact and this will go into the first pick i have is so for the effects the vegetation that was created the trees especially the small pine trees were individually detailed by the staff one by one with tied up roots because the director told the the actors in the suits all right just rip off whatever you want as weapons <laughs> and so that meant the effects people had no idea which tree was going to get grabbed, so they had to have every single tree look realistic, all of them had to have root effects, so they had to go through the painstaking effort of making root and wire effects for every single tree on the set there on the set there, Wow, since they yeah. had no idea what they were going to grab, what buildings were going to get pitched into um. Apparently, when the director yelled action, he said, Just go at it, guys. Add liter. Just go at it. Just (laughs) throw it. Every building, every branch, every boat, every car is a weapon. Wow. Use it. He must have, because. Which goes back to my first big pick of this movie, and that is what effects for the time and what fun. Watching this movie, I told you it's gonna want to get you. Wish you were one of the guys in the suit. Yeah, because you just have fun watching these guys have fun throwing each other into models, playing monster, uh, just bashing stuff, picking up boats, hitting each other with them. It's just how can you not be entertained?
1: You know, I know. I, there, there was one sequence right toward the end of it, and I'll, I'll piggyback this as a pick off of yours. Um, there's a bunch of really tall concrete. It's like what do they call it? Uh, not brick curtain. Concrete structures, basically, uh-huh. uh, by the dock, and they're literally just throwing each other into these things. And you see these things. Uh, they had to film. I saw uh, one deal on it where they filmed with um, the slow motion cameras. Um, And as these concrete structures break apart and chunks of them fall to the ground and on the suits and stuff, um, it looked real. It it all looked like it. Okay, this is exactly how a concrete structure would break apart. And yeah, it just looked like a a demolition reel on film. (laughs) It was it was really impressive to see because all of it had like weight and mass and structure to it. And it wasn't just a. Veneer that they knocked down and it just crumpled. No, it it actually broke apart as as you would imagine it might if you know giant gargantuan gorilla man things were being thrown into them. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, and the the buildings that were made of concrete, the way they cracked, it's like yeah,
1: it would mm-hmm. kind of look like that when they it, fell apart. And that's the thing; it didn't look like just plaster or paper mache. It, I don't know what they used, but it looked. It looked authentic. And, and I, I can't praise the uh, special effects team, the model makers, highly enough for, for the structures they built.
0: Right. Well, and you consider um, now you did a review way back in the when of King Kong versus Godzilla, the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when did that come out again? 1964.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Three. It was 63. And the effects in
0: that were not nearly as good as this. No. Because I, I, in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember a scene where the ice looked like styrofoam. Yes. Where yes. Godzilla broke out of a glacier or something, and it looked kind of like styrofoam. And it's like, really, guys? I mean, this is your two big ticket monsters that everyone wants to see go fisticuffs. And you <laughs> Gimp on the effects.
1: Yeah. And what year did you say this was? This is 66, right? So in and three it, years time, Toho has come a long way.
0: Right. But not only that, it's a movie that, I don't know, maybe they put a lot of checks. Maybe they laid out a lot of cards on this table thinking it'll be a, a dynamite win. So they put more money into it. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But Well, I will say this. The, the later Godzilla films uh, from the mid 60s on, you, you have this same crew working to make the Godzilla films. So you do have kind of the same level of model making. Um and and in fact, in this in this movie you have a lot of shots that they've put into the Godzilla films that were concurrent of this time and uh it, it's showing up here as well. So yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, and and like I said, the mares the Mazer shows up yeah. again and again. But yeah. I do notice that we're going to cover a Godzilla movie this month, of course, but as time goes on into the 70s, the effects start, you know, you could tell there's Toho is getting less and Well, less they were trying interested. to crank
1: out the movie, uh, a movie a year.
0: Yeah, so. At least with
1: the Godzilla franchise.
0: Right. And you don't really start getting some hyper quality again to what, 85? Yeah. That was Godzilla 85. Now that's, I don't know, recent ones, I'm looking forward to getting into the 90s and and 2000 eras, when the Godzilla movies really start looking good. Uh, better than before. Better I than thought. before, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but for the time being, I would dare say that this film is, the effects in modern kaiju films using the practical effects and modeling is similar to what we see here in this movie in 66. They really pioneered some realistic sets.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like I said, as far as practical effects can go, I think you're looking here, the mid 60s Toho era, you're looking at kind of the pinnacle for what they could do with the camera technology and the model, the model making that was being done. This is it doesn't really get much better than this.
0: Yeah. And I'm always amazed at the model making ability of the people that worked on these films. Oh, yeah. Um, it, It always blows my mind how they can produce. These buildings that are not only so good, but as we get on, they just look so great falling apart. I mean, I feel bad, but, uh, you know, I'd love to see an interview with one of these guys or girls who made these buildings and see what they said when they'd spend hours and hours building them and then they get crushed in five (laughs) seconds. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, it's, but it's the payoff. Uh, if, if it comes out looking good on film that I'm sure they felt like they had a good, they had done a good job, but yeah, I could, you know, there's a lot of craftsmanship that went into this. And here again, mm-hmm. I come back to the Gamera film, you know, and, and some of the ingenuity that they put into making it look realistic. Yeah, And then you yeah, had to just have it smashed like by some guy in a rubber suit. <laughs> yeah. Got to be right. a little bit heartbreaking.
0: Well, and you know, that's another pick the suits were really rather original and the fact that they could jump in the water
1: and move around as well as they did. um I'm sorry. I am. I was amazed by the running scenes,
0: (laughs) the the, the flexibility they had. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You were not going to see Godzilla or any other creature that they had come up with so far, uh, be able to move as quickly as, as they were and able to cover ground. I I was, it was funny to watch, but because you can, you can tell it's just a, a man running <laughs> oh absolutely but, but the fact that the suit could actually stand up to that and not crack uh or, or, or break apart in some way
0: yeah and and just uh but it's yeah okay you could tell it's a guy but um it also makes sense too when they're moving to tokyo so fast it's like well let's see if they're that tall and they're running yeah, you're gonna cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I that mean, true. Yeah, it's like considering uh, an ant to an ant going from my house to say, I don't know, the giant eagle, n- kind of near me, or the other supermarket marks. We there that are a local chain. Uh, that'd be like hours and hours, man. Whereas for me eh, it's a 15 20 minute walk yeah so <laughs> it's entirely conceivable that when they're saying oh he's running from mount fuji to tokyo well i mean yeah he's yeah can cover a lot of ground
1: so that was a nice touch um i, I i've got a, i've got another pick Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a question that goes along with it. Uh, right. We actually get a flashback in this movie we as do. they kind of set up the Frankenstein creature. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that in the previous film? Did they just pull footage from the previous film and just kind of catch us up with that? No,
0: they, uh, they, re- they made they that for this film. They redid it because there's new actors. Okay. And okay. the Frankenstein, if you go ahead and Google that just on your own, the Frankenstein from the first movie, it was a guy in, um, he wasn't in his suit. It was makeup effects. They had him in some kind of, I don't know, leotard or whatever. I don't know. And, but they put a wig on him and made him look highbrowed. And it was makeup. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a suit. So, uh, that scene where they show the backtracking that that was made for the show made for this film which says that they probably put a kid in that suit i don't know
1: Hmm. so well i i just i bring it up because as far as exposition goes that's the way to do a flashback scene i actually really appreciated that because i've not watched any of these films in this franchise if you Mm. want to call it that Uh, (laughs) it's two movies so why not yeah yeah so uh, not knowing the previous story seeing this flashback and and knowing exactly where this creature comes from um yeah i appreciated that it was done really well now that said uh akimi has several lines in that flashback scene that i thought well it's a good thing michael scott wasn't watching that because he (laughs) wouldn't do it without saying that's what she said oh my gosh yeah (laughs) but yeah but i'll 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 count that as a pick though
0: yeah yeah you know i guess if you want to call a rip some of the dialogue but uh, some of the bad dialogue is part of the charm it's as pick much of pick as it is a rip
1: yeah i would Um, agree with that other than like i said that when i contacted you because that that is definitely a rip um Such and such university, yes, the Frankenstein expert, Frankenstein expert. (laughs) But at the same time, and can you hear the lady on the other end? Oh, I know exactly who he's talking about. I'll put you right through, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Can
0: you? At the same time, though, if these things were real, that's what you would say. If you're you're a a general of some kind, and you don't know the science, you just know, well, they called him Frankenstein. So, but there's got to be a hint of disdain, like. Call the, I don't know, Frankenstein expert. <laughs> Whatever, man. Just call him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, there's also the scene. They, they, they always, There's always in these movies, and I guess Godzilla set that precedent, where they have to uh, make a reference to the war. Because, uh, you know, they're up in the mountains and there's all those young people walking around singing, which that's a thing I didn't know happened back then. But And they're singing and they're rowing around and they're like, oh, they're so happy despite everything going on. Oh, that's the way of young people. It was the same way in Paris when the Germans <laughs> invaded. It's like, is this, I mean... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you can't make one of these movies without having a war reference. So, yeah. Thanks. Okay.
1: Thanks, Dr. Stewart. You really brought the, the scene down right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, That's a rip because it's like, is there a purpose to any of this? I mean, yeah. thankfully, it's short. Thankfully, they don't drag it out. Like today, they would have made it a 15 minute scene where they all talk about their feelings and. <laughs> Thankfully, it it's mercifully short, and we get back to Gaira showing up and scaring the bejesus out of everybody. So, okay. You know,
1: besides the fact that we're talking about kaiju films uh, here, I, the other theme that we have going on is, you know, young people are foolish, but at least this film doesn't uh, beat on that that drum as hard as some of the, the other two films that we've considered this month already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the kids. Ugh. Yeah. They weren't annoying. They just had their moment and then they got eaten.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they had yeah. the good sense to get eaten. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we would have picked that as a as a rip or not, too. But did they really were they deserving of death? <laughs> I mean, yeah. They were just well, singing in the forest is all. <laughs> it, it's
0: shock value for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I will say, OK, this is a rip that there's very few rips for me in this movie based on the fun factor. But when she falls off the cliff because the earthquake or whatever a guy were walking around and of course she's just hanging there it's like wow she's really unfit because she's just hanging there <laughs> and I love the doctor just kind of sitting there hey hang on uh, be right down <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah, uh, uh, but uh, brave because I I don't think I would have been able to climb down on vines. I I wouldn't have trusted them.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then uh, Senda comes down and he just comes out of nowhere, too. Yeah. He just (laughs) slides down, which reminds me of back in the day as a kid going into the plane in the woods near the creek and sliding on your butt down a shale, you know, hill or whatever. Oh, yeah. And just it reminded me of that. Never broke our legs, but, you know, (laughs) which actually. that's a nice pick. I'm going to put a pin in there. That's a pick. but And he drops and he catches her right in time because, you know, of course she has to be bad at anything physical. But uh, but the pick is that he fights with a broken leg, Senda does, because uh, they had to kind of equalize it. Because this Gyra got shot up real bad by the Mazers and the artillery. Mm-hmm. And you could even see they have the, the, the scar effects.
1: Yeah, he got costume. ripped up pretty good.
0: Yeah. So it'd be a case of, well, how is he doing so well against a guy who's tip top? Yeah. Well, well, let's break his leg. Yeah.
1: Or at least twist his ankle.
0: Yeah. So that way, you know, he's, he can't chase after him as fast. And when they get in a fight, you know, he's, he's got a handicap. All right. Yeah. That's a good touch. I like that. I don't know if it was deliberate, but it worked out.
1: Yep. I I am. I'm going to go on this rip here. Uh, Let's can we talk about the uh, the theory that the doctor comes up with on how the green monster comes about?
0: Oh, with the the, the cell that just washes into the sea and then turns into.
1: I am going to say I was thinking about it after I had watched the movie and I'm like, I just can't get behind this at all. But then I was working out in the yard yesterday and I came across an earthworm. And it dawned on me, you know, it's not too dissimilar from that, except for the fact that they say that skin tissue is swept out into the ocean and then evolved into a second creature. And I'm like, OK, it must have some earthworm gene in it <laughs> to allow for that to happen, because that's the only reasonable explanation we're going to come up with here. Yeah. But because- uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to just pick it as a rip because it felt a little half baked, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, these movies are
0: half-baked to begin with. Oh, sure. By the time you get to the mid-60s, they're just, uh... I mean, if you ever watched um, the second Gamera film, Gamera vs. Baragon, the monster shoots ice out of its long tongue, and a rainbow flies out of its back and the rainbow blows stuff up so as one does as yes. one, yeah as as one giant lizard <laughs> creature does luckily it has the ice tongue because cold is what you know keeps gamma in check right <laughs> right right so or i don't want to dive too much into this but i'm gonna have to rip off on rip on gamma part two here they, Barragon is in an egg the size of a bowling ball. They find, these guys find it and a guy breaks his arm or something like that. And the doctor's like looking at his arm going, well, let's see, it'll heal up. Let's try the laser treatment. And he points a, well, it just looks like a lamp with a really big red hot light and it's the laser and he's pointing it at the broken arm. I'm like, wait, the what treatment? Laser treatment? <laughs> Has, is this a thing or did you just make that up because the guy eventually gets up leaves knocks the laser points it at the bowling ball egg and that heats it up till it hatches and that's how Barragon shows up but uh that just goes back to the point of when you're making giant monster movies somewhere in the 60s they just gave up and said i don't know just make up whatever." But at least they come up with the point of the well, they're walking all over the place, so their cells are all over the place, and they're just going to grow into other. But then they didn't take it anywhere because, of course, what are you going to do? How are you going to? Well,
1: you know, it was the '60s, and you know, once the acid trip is over, yeah. no more ideas. So once the monster, <laughs> once the
0: monster's dead, we're done. There's yeah, no, we're what, done. What with are you? What, what are you still sitting there
1: for? Yeah, credits roll. <laughs> i believe Uh, i have i have one more pick if i could go for it and it's the really it's the most post-war japanese military thing and that is the mobile lighting crew and the uh military moving all the equipment through the forest and everything on gantries and and lines and everything this movie had to have been had to have doubled as a japanese defense force corps of engineers recruitment film yeah. <laughs> and i i i applaud it for that it was very interesting and fun to watch
0: yeah well you know it that's true can you can almost imagine in japan after the film you like what you see come do it for real join the jdf <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, moving equipment kid,
0: through the forest, and then some kid asks, "Are we going to fight a gargantuan?" Uh, a gargantuan task of moving equipment through unpassable <laughs> terrain. Yeah, yep. yep. But no, that was a good one, and um, that you know that that would be the only rip for me is that the the JDF vehicles clearly look like toys. I, I mean, I know yeah. they all do, but. You know, when you zoom the camera in too much, it's clear, especially when part of the vehicles are Jeeps with drivers (laughs) shooting cannons. It's like, wow, an artillery piece on a Jeep. Someone was just saying, wouldn't it be cool if. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so
1: that that was a a rip for me because. There was one scene that I distinctly remember from one of the Godzilla movies, um, and that is actual uh actual military uh, members driving jeeps through the forest uh around a a long turn and i know that's a stock shot i I don't know which movie it is i could go back and find it though but i know that's a stock shot that they reinserted into into this movie here so yeah they were definitely benefiting from uh, a lot of the uh stock footage of of models and uh military movement and you know it's it's cool It, it is it is of its time and it it like you said earlier, it adds to the charm of the film.
0: Sure, sure. Well, when you're Toho, you get you own all that stock footage, so you oh, yeah. paid for it, so you might as well use it. Yeah. Plus, again, here and again, back in the day, remember, sickies, back in the day, for you younger ones, when the only real way to see a movie, especially in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and before, was to go to the theater, go to the cinema. That was it. So odds are... You didn't see all these Godzilla movies, so you wouldn't have been there to go, oh, same stock footage. (laughs) You wouldn't have known that. No. And I don't think anybody at Toho imagined the home video revolution brought on by VHS and Betamax. Yeah. I don't think they ever pictured that. No, that's a great point. And even when those came out, it was a crapshoot because I remember- I remember seeing movies like Back to the Future and Forrest Gump in the theater, and you had to wait like a year before it came to tape. And when it did, it was a big deal. Like, I can watch Forrest Gump or Back to the Future at home whenever I want? Yeah. Otherwise, you were stuck. And granted, the movies were in the theater longer, but the moment it was out of the theater, it's like, well, we're not seeing this movie anymore. Yeah, You know, if you're in 1966 and you missed War of the Gargantuans, well, you better hope some other theater picks it up because you're not getting a chance. So reusing stock footage, go ahead. I mean, what are the odds someone came to see every single one of these movies?
1: Not Um, huge. Not, although, no. there, although there would have been a following in Japan at the time.
0: Oh, for for sure. But they would have been the clique that probably liked it anyway and wouldn't have knocked oh, yeah. it. So you didn't yeah. really start getting this kind of knocking I, until the 80s. Well, and,
1: and, and let's get this straight. I'm not knocking it for having the stock footage. Oh, no. I'm just I'm just enough of a fan that I recognize, oh, this has been in other movies I've watched. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm proud to be able to clock that.
0: All right. Proud. There you go. I was about to say. And you feel, <laughs> how about that? All right. There we go. Proud yes kaiju nerd right here
1: yes i will own that <laughs> all right no
0: nothing wrong with that um because you wouldn't really see that kind of observation until the 70s 80s and 90s when you had horror hosts and yeah you know, you know here in cleveland we had uh gulardi was a big one big chuck little mm-hmm. john and they would review these movies with on couch potato theater and they'd crack jokes about it and that sort of thing uh but that was your only way of seeing that stuff so yeah but no that's oh that's okay it is such a joy that these films show up and i personally cannot believe i missed it until cinemassacres monster madness debuted it and i thought that movie looks fun
1: i must see it i'm not quite sure how i've missed this movie um because i I'm watching it and I'm like, have I seen this or before or not? And I and honestly, I watched the whole thing. I don't remember a thing of it other than the stock footage that I've seen in other, you know, the God Godzilla movies. But I'm I'm shocked that I had never seen this one before.
0: Well, and you know too, what's funny is uh when I mentioned watching it, I was one day at, at work, I mentioned it to a friend and my manager walked by and went, oh man, I remember that movie. Yeah, I watched it on Couch Potato Theater. That was fun. (laughs) And now granted, he was a good 20 years my senior, but still I thought, well, apparently somebody else has seen this. (laughs) But it just, it's kind of a shame that it didn't get the attention it deserves. I guess that's kind of where I'm going at. This is a there's a, at no point are you bored in this movie and if you are don't worry it won't last long yeah especially when they no, get that's to the true
1: and, and so i guess that brings the brings us to the question is, why didn't this movie at least in the united states get the same traction that godzilla had is it just because <laughs> of the creature I don't know. I really don't know. I watch this and I'm like, you know what? I see what they're trying to do here. It's a nice blend of King Kong and uh, a human, but it's not a direct ripoff of King Kong, obviously. You know, they're trying to do their own thing with it. And I just, I look at it and I accept it.
0: You know, not having done the research, I would guess that if you are bringing in movies, monster movies, you're only going to bring in so many. And you have to get a a producer here, a production company here to work on it because they got to do the dub and they got to usually add an American actor. Um, Now, Toho did that for us already, but there's still a dub and there's there's things you got to do, hoops you got to jump through. And if you're going to do that, you're going to you're going to put your dice in what you know gets money and Godzilla gets money yeah so if you're looking at the toho catalog let's just say you're i don't don't know paramount and you're looking at the toho catalog figuring out which kind of giant monster movies we want to bring in and all you're thinking of is well what what's the godzilla movies i mean this got this did come out here actually but it got uh it got a triple billing that's another thing back in the day when you'd go see a movie for a triple header that's uh what some days but when it was released here, actually, excuse me, on video, not even in theater, but on video, it was doubled with Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Um, mm. So, these movies probably made it here, but everybody was going for Godzilla. That was the it, sure thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Godzilla that made pop culture. Yeah. And, and Gargantua just, uh, it, it just didn't have the same, or the Frankenstein monsters just didn't have the same... Didn't just didn't catch the same traction, but that's not to say that this is somehow a worse movie than the Godzilla films. It, it's not. No, it's it's
0: every bit as good Uh in depending on the Godzilla film. It's even better Uh if you consider like Godzilla versus the sea monster. Yeah, that one was all right, but this this is better. I'd, yeah. I'd say this is more fun. Uh Godzilla versus Megalodon. I don't know. Godzilla versus Megalodon was pretty funny. <laughs> just seeing him do flying missile kicks on his tail while a giant robot holds the monster. You know, And then at the end he and the monster shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I take it back. I take it back. That movie's great. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some other movies out there that just don't have the the fun factor that this does. And yeah, I guess it's just because of Godzilla, the name, you know, yeah. it doesn't have the right name or the cast or whatever. And
1: well, you know, you, you look around, there's a lot more out there than just Godzilla in the monster verse. And a few of them, you know, Mothra Rodan, you know, you, you've, you've got a few others that you immediately can name alongside Godzilla, but there's a whole host of others even more than I'm coming to find out that just, you know, they didn't strike it big, at least not in our market, uh, to where they just became household names.
0: Well, and Rodan and Mothra didn't really... Well, Rodan came out in the late 50s, but Mothra was 61. Mm-hmm. And neither of those struck it big until they got into a fight with Godzilla.
1: Yep, until they got paired up. Yep.
0: So... And then you had uh well, you know, funny thing, we're gonna be next week doing uh King Kidora. And that was um that was Rodan and Mothra make an appearance, but they're uh tag teaming mm-hmm. because Kidora is just that much of a threat, Kidora. Yeah. And uh that was just yeah, it wasn't until things like that that Rodan and Mothra people cared. Because Mothra, come on, a giant moth—how
1: <laughs> scary is that? Uh, right,
0: right. I mean, it's, it's Rodan. What's his power? He flies sub-zero, subsonic, and the wind of his wings blows stuff away. I mean, well, it's
1: just—he's a giant pterodactyl. That's the yeah, cool factor. That
0: goes fast. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's the end of it and then you got godzilla a t-rex that smashes things with its tail and breathes atomic fire uh yeah i'll take there that
1: there you go there you go I'll take there's that. the winner
0: <laughs> well maybe that's the other thing with the gargantuan there's two guys in a suit that are just throwing each other through model buildings that's yeah if you're, if you're looking for the cool factor of well what does he shoot does he have laser eyes or fire breath or what no, they're just big guys throwing each other through buildings.
1: You know, you know. As we're discussing this, I think I might have a solution um, to why these two uh, just don't have the same wow factor that the that Godzilla has. But we can get into that as we as we finish our thoughts here.
0: Well, why don't you go ahead and do that? Because I've pretty much okay. listed all my uh, cheers and jeers, so uh, okay. rips and picks. Well, so before we say saying- it,
1: what do you got? I, I I'm sitting here thinking about it and listening us uh, go through this. And there's something that you've talked about frequently. And that's how modern films just don't have the same impact because mainly we want to go through our feelings. Right. Right. And that's that's the thing we want to to feature. Well, we're talking about movies that came out at a time where Godzilla was not complicated. Godzilla did one thing. He he was smashing buildings <laughs> you know yeah. there was there was nothing more complicated than he was just a big monster on the scene um i don't wonder and i'm half joking and bringing this up but i don't wonder if maybe some part of this has to do with the fact that this is a story about brothers right uh, yeah and yeah. and we're dealing with a a sense of betrayal i guess and then, you know, the fight between the two of them. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, there's those scenes where, you know, the 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 one, the green monster is backing up from the brown monster. And I, I've already forgotten which name corresponded S- to which.
0: Is the bad guy. Sunda is the good guy.
1: Sunda, yeah. Sunda is doing the, the head motion and, you know, with the arm and, no, oh, yeah. you know, I don't, don't do this. D- he, yeah, don't do this. Don't do this. And, and, you know, and obviously his brother's not responding. So there's obviously they're trying to portray some emotion here, and maybe that's the thing, is it makes it a little bit more complicated, and really all we want is just to see him smash the smash buildings.
0: Eh, that's, that's a point, that's a point, it could be. I would say, at the very least, you know, if that was the thing, if that was the reason, boy, those, those people of 66 had no idea how far that was gonna go because... <laughs> When you go to modern day, I can't speak for Japanese kaiju, but you know, when they did Godzilla here, wow, just uh, let's all just talk about how the people feel. I don't care how the people feel. I just want to see Godzilla. Yeah. You got to show the people you're right. But you know, the way they kept having the nurse, like, you know, and we're invested in the
1: nurse. What? No, I'm not. (laughs) I couldn't care less about her. Yeah, and even Guillermo del Toro, who who did the Pacific Rim movies, he tried to go back to his roots and make a true kaiju film, Mm -hmm. but even that movie is dripping with way too much hurt feelings jealousy emotion and it bogs the movie down (laughs) and really all we want is giant jaegers beating up on kaiju that's really what we paid to see i
0: just want to see giant robots and monsters fighting i mean really when you make a movie like that you have to know all right this is what people are turning out for yeah it's the same way that people turning out to a tailgate party they're turning out to have barbecue brats beer whatever Go see a game. That's what they want. That's what they're there for. They're not there to have direct scientific philosophical political discourse over tofu sandwiches and then go watch uh, a ballet with a little bit of football (laughs) in the halftime show. All right. Right. That is the and and I know the whole thing about let's uh, reverse expectations, but you know, that bites you in the long run. So, yeah, know your audience. Yeah. When you when you're saying we're making a giant monster movie that's fighting robots, then go all in. Yeah. Go all in. Make that movie. And they did that with this movie. They said, well, we're gonna have two giant monsters fighting each other and smashing up a city. All right. They went in on it. Yeah, they (laughs) eased it back a couple times and that, that all right. But it never slowed the movie down. It it kept the the fun factor was there. Um, you either laughed or you thought man I wish I were a guy in a suit or wow look at those buildings wow he's picking up a boat and smashing them with it that's what I would do Um, you know when he's trying to knock the boat down at the beginning and it looked like someone trying to push their toy boat or climb on a float however you want to look at it <laughs> yeah. and uh, an octopus that comes out of nowhere and disappears and we're done with it now we don't need it I mean, uh, I, you know what? Just for the fun factor, I'm going to give this thing a 10 out of 10. I don't. Ten, <laughs> we're going to call it uh, 10 monster cells out of 10 monster cells because for me, a movie like this is all about the fun factor. Godzilla, the original one, had a meaning to it, and it was stirring. But by the time you get to the 60s, we're not about the meaning anymore. We're not about the warning. I want to see Godzilla smash some stuff and kill a monster. Yeah. And I want to see Gamera do the same. And I want to see the Gargantuas do the same. And I got it in spades. They just, like I said, if I had been the director, I wouldn't have done anything different. I would have said, all right, when I call action, just rip whatever you want. Pick up whatever you want. The, the set is your weapon. You know, two men enter, one man leaves, gentlemen.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a bold rating, sir.
0: I I I know. I think I'm I'm it. I'm probably uh, riding high on this, but I'm still <laughs> gonna. I'm, I'll stick with my guns.
1: Well, okay. Let me follow you up with a little bit of a of a background. So when I was a kid, I had a four by eight uh, plywood train layout set. Right. Right. We had one and of it, them. Yeah, and I, I you know, would slide it under the bed, and I would pull it out and just have it on the floor there. And so obviously, with it being ground level. I had to play Godzilla a time or two on my on my train layout, <laughs> right. and that's that's what the household I grew up in. That's what I grew up with. So watching this film, uh, man, just brings back all of that the the smashing buildings and the little models and the picking them up and throwing them into houses and stuff. I mean, all of that is what, as kids, we grew up wishing we could do more of, right? Yep, right. And right. so this this movie definitely scratches uh a nostalgia or or the child in me i guess i don't know what it is but yeah it it definitely uh strikes that chord pretty hard um it's a very dramatic fiery end for our brothers and it was as if the writers were saying okay we can't kill them so earth will
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well i told you the original script the lava was supposed to consume tokyo and kill all the cells which i guess was going to be the death of that
1: yeah that their line then but um but yeah so i mean this movie like you said they went all in it does it and it does it big and it's actually now that we have these these criterion collections um and and i'm pretty sure that's what we got here uh, you know we watched it online uh very good looking very good looking transfers there's not a lot of noise or 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 you know, I don't know how else to describe it. where it's out of focus. Yeah. Uh, everything's yeah. very sharp and it's it's just it's good to have uh, a good uh, transfer um, that, that we were able to watch here. And so I've I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm giving it eight out of ten cells just because I'm calibrating it against what i saw with gorgo and with gamera uh for this month so i'm, I'm this will be the highest rated one we've had so far
0: oh wow okay for me anyway well you know what i i i would agree with you this is some say save the best for last but oh well here we are <laughs> um i guess i just wanted to save king of the monsters for last so speaking of which that's going to be um That'll be next week is Godzilla and King Ghidorah. So we got a double G there. Thank you for that suggestion, Ethan. Uh, We'll be closing out the month with that. Also, uh, if you are tuning in to other programs in Raving Lunatic Media, uh, we had Case of the Chills drop just recently. Layla did um, The Jersey Devil. Still waiting on my haunted elevator, but the Jersey Devil's good. In fact, I learned a couple things I didn't know about that, honestly. Uh, we had ZTF drop this month, the latest episode, and uh, yours truly is in it, along with a few other people, so should tune in for that. We'll be getting another caseatorium before too long. And if you're wondering whatever happened to Thomas and Scott, well... Remember how we started the the intro this month, Thomas got a house, Scott got a baby, and they needed to sit this one out, so (laughs) we brought in our kaiju dork, Ethan, (laughs) because at the end of the day, uh, they're not really kaiju dorks as much as Ethan and I are, so...
1: That's no, and right. it's been great holding the seat down, keeping it warm for Oh him. my gosh, it's been
0: a blast having you. Which, however, look out, because uh, Thomas and I are going to be doing a supplemental about the Halo TV show. Which, Ooh. that, I'll be honest with you, that's probably going to be a rip fest, because Thomas is not enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas is really big on his Halo, and that's not measuring up, I guess.
1: So, spoiler alert. It spoiler alert. In front of that, but huh?
0: Well, I mean, come on, <laughs> did you really think we were going to, you know, anyway. if, if
1: I, if I had to guess that would have been it. So yeah, that, that he wasn't, he wasn't thrilled.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, you know, it's funny as I'm finished, as we're wrapping the episode up, I'm looking over and one of my students, I teach English language. One of my Japanese students made me a model of a castle in Japan called Himeji Joe, best castle I've, I've ever visited in my life and it looks perfect i mean if i'm gonna have to send you a picture ethan it looks great and now that i'm looking at it i'm picturing well how about i smash it (laughs) how about i step
1: on it it's it's the blessing and the curse of those of us that love these movies
0: yeah i mean i just i'm looking (laughs) at it like what a beautiful model i want to smash it
1: (laughs) with (laughs) my foot this is why we can't have nice things no
0: <laughs> no that's right so anyway tune in for those items you can also then tune in and uh drop us a line over at our discord page raving lunatic media you can also go to our website at www2 monsters destroying an awesome uh or actually better yet would
1: be raving lunatic uh is there anything else um, I don't know. What 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 else should they do, Rage Master? Oh yeah, stay sick, sickies.